como 10 minutos, okay. nada más que eso, y de ahí viene el, el, el sendero nuevamente de unos 3-4 metros de ancho. Welcome to another edition of Strangers Abroad. This podcast is a series of conversations with the wonderful and with the weird people that I met when I was backpacking through Latin America. These are the hitchhikers, the couch surfers, the expats, the thrill seekers, the knowledge junkies, the volunteers, the society quitters. The people who, for one reason or another, made the decision to challenge themselves, to leave behind the comforts of home, venture out into the world, and see what happens. Here we go. I met Nidhi, also at the surfer hostel in Puerto Escondido. Born in India and molded by the strength of her single mother, she has become a precocious solo female traveler. Her and I are a piece cut from the same path. Our shared drives allowed us to become close in the few weeks we spent working together. We're both knowledge hunters, always searching for new facts about the world, which makes us both become kind of overwhelmed and excited about our own existence. We would write down and share lists of books and movies to watch while we sipped our coffees in the open air cafe, shielding ourselves from the searing Mexican sun. She is pulled by exploration and is stepping out of the conventional paths led in her native land. Starving for adventure and fueled by the desire to learn, she's decided not to stop traveling for five years, shattering the conservative norms about Indian women. But she still carries home with her, even if it's only a slowly depleting bag of spices from India, where olfactory memories can always bring her back. Watch it, because she makes killa fucking curry. She began her intrepid travels by navigating through the US and Mexico on her own. Excuse the baby screaming in the background, it's just as excited as we are. Here's her story. Hi, I'm Nidhi. I'm originally from India and I live in the States now. I went to a university there and started working and now I ditched everything and started traveling. <laughs> so I feel like it's more worth it. Mm. But now we're in Mexico. Now we're in Mexico. Do you, when did you come to America from India and what were some influencing factors? That, that, got me. that got you to America, that then got you to here. Okay, so when I was in India, like, India is also another country which is completely different than America, and people in India are very, like, like Americans, they're not very open-minded, hmm. even more narrower in their thoughts, and they're very, very scared to go and explore ideas that are going to risk their lives. And like most of the people I know either take up engineering or medicine as a career, and that's like what they're going to focus, you know, in and about. Um, but I wanted to like get out of India so I could find an opportunity which is, you know, different and wild and that gets me to risk my life and start like a new thing which is not known to a lot of people in India. So that's why I came to America to study like art history, studio art, geographic science and cartography. So you find that in India people are more likely to take a traditional, conventional, like safe path? Yes, yes. And more so than than people in America or yes. people in Mexico. Why do you think that is? Um, 
I think mostly it's because they feel that they're not going to be like India is a very culture cultural place where mm-hmm. and people want to have like a family when they're 25 and they want to have children have, by the time they're 30 and like start a family which is crazy and it's good too yeah. I don't know can't judge it but right. um, they feel that if they don't have a secure career that they, they, they can't like pass their I know they can't like have a family and like have children and mostly what it is is they feel like the society is not going to look at them in a very respectful way like they're going to probably consider consider the people who take other paths to just be like you know trashy people trying to figure out something which is not going to lead them to anywhere and were you discouraged by having by moving to America and then travel like stopping that and traveling to Mexico like does your family is your family happy about it like what are their feelings what's their take on it so I did not have a dad like half of my life. My father passed away when I was like six years old and my mother had to like raise my sister and me and she was the only one. Like she was our, my, like my sister and mine, father and mother and right. she had to like go through all these problems trying to like just being grounded to the society. But she wanted me to explore things that I really like doing rather than following a path that I'm not going to enjoy all through my life. And that's why she was very supportive and she helped me, like, you know, go to America and achieve, like, you know, get what I wanted. But, um, she she would, she was very doubtful. She was always skeptical about what I was doing because she was scared what the society was going to think of me. And people were like, oh, she's only 17 and she's moving, moving to America and it costs a lot to go there. And... Like, I don't know where she's going to land up to be, but they kept telling my mother that it was a waste of time and waste of, like, whatever. But She got a lot of criticism. Yes, she did. And, yeah. And I, I used to be like, Mom, you need to, you know, support me. You, you can't think of other people. Like, I'm your daughter, and, you know, you need to be paying attention to me. So what other people say and judgment, you would say, is, is kind of a large influence in yeah. a... People, yeah. Uh, characters? Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What was the transition between that mentality of India to America? Like, So America was definitely, definitely like an escape route for me. And it was more open and people were open to like, you know, studying art and studying music and studying all these forms of art that don't really, which are not like great as in like not careers where you get paid $60,000 or something like that but you love doing what you're doing so people were open to having ideas like that and people in America are open to like not having a family even when you're 35 and not having like a spouse or anything it's totally okay but most of the Indians weren't okay with that and it was like a great escape route for me Mm, I I really liked it how has it been traveling as a woman from India to America and then from America down to Mexico, has there been, how have you been treated differently? Has there been more struggle? Have you noticed some more privileges that you, you know, didn't recognize in other places? Yeah. Well, the first thing, (laughs) when I tell people that I'm traveling by myself and I'm 21, people are like, are you crazy? Like, you're going to get kidnapped and you're... But I have had, like, so many people encouraging me to do what I 
like you know about traveling and everything because they haven't had the chance to do it. Um, luckily, my mom's like been very very supportive and um, in helping like me travel and like you know achieving inspiring what I really want to do. But I feel like there's always that grinch behind people's faces. Like they they say that it's all fine, but behind their you know minds and brains, they're like. She's doing is right. Like I wouldn't let my daughter do it. Like it's totally crazy. So I've had like situations like that. Are there any like specific instances that you felt not safe because you were traveling alone and a woman? Yeah. So in Nepal, I went to this canoe lake where I wanted to canoe and like just look at the lake and enjoy the mountains and everything. And like I know how to canoe and I'm like pretty. I've learned how to do it right. And I was going to do it by myself, but the staff members were like, "Oh, we can't let you do that because the currents might like you know act weird and you might flip over." So one of us are going to go with you. And I was like, "Okay, well it's a rule, so it's all right for them to go with me." And so like one of the staff members went with me, and we were canoeing. It was beautiful, right in the middle of the lake. He's like, "Where are you from?" And I was like, just generally talking. I'm like, "Oh, I'm from India, but I live in the states now and everything." And he's like, "You're really beautiful. We should get married, like right now." I was like, "What? You just met me like two minutes ago. We can't do this. Are you out of your mind or something?" And he was like, "No. Can we get married?" And he was like super serious, and I had my paddle very tight. I was like, "If he." Makes a move on me. I'm going to just throw him into the water. And after a point, he was like, "Yeah, I have to pee. I have to pee real bad." And can we stop over like near? There's this jungle area where people stopped over to like just look at the whole view, whatever. He's like, "Can I go pee there?" And I'm like, "You know, if you want to pee, pee right in the boat. I'm not going there." Like I was scared. What if he like? What if I let him pee there and he would like pull the boat and like try to? Assault me or rape me or something. So that moment was like really scary. I was like, I have a German boyfriend and he's going to be here in half an hour, so we have to probably get back. And though I was, I had my, I had like, you know how like if you sit behind in a canoe, you have more control. You know, control, and if you sit in front, you don't have as much, but you can like definitely speed and like you know fasten the process. So I was like trying to paddle as fast as I can. I was like, my boyfriend's going to be here in half an hour, and we. Have to get back. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of it. Kind of comes at you in very unexpected ways. Yeah. Is there anything you miss about home? Food. Food. <laughs> yeah. Vegetarian food. Yeah. I miss my mom and sister, obviously, but mostly food. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. I try to carry my curry powder with me, but that's um, awesome. Not being like the authentic. How much longer are you going to be traveling? And do you feel like you want to settle down anytime soon, or are you still on the move? I'm going to be traveling for five years wow. without going back home. <laughs> so um, I don't want to settle down. Like um, my art history teacher always said that curiosity is like a traveler not intending on arriving at a place. Ooh. Have you heard heard to that quote which says um, about a traveler? Who's, who does not intend on arriving at a destination, but it's the journey that counts. Exactly. So curiosity is like that. Exactly. And 
I want to learn about everything, like everything possible. Our、really? world is so huge, and our lifetime is not enough. Oh man, girl, we're cut out of the same fabric. <laughs> yes. So I want to travel as much as I can and absorb and learn as much as I can. I don't want to settle down at all. No, I just want to keep going. <laughs> so where do you plan on going for the next five years? So. My plans are still in the air, but、um, I'll be backpacking Central America after now, and going to South America.、And、I was wondering if I wanted to go to Europe or South Africa, but I realized like everyone goes to Europe, and no one really backpacks across South Africa. And I want to do it in order to like learn from their culture because it's a Very cultural place, and they have like a lot of traditions which are super old.、Um, so I want to like go in search of you know what life means to other continents and different people, and learn about different traditions and indigenous people.、Mm. So I might be going to South Africa, and eventually make my way to Egypt. And Turkey, and you know, go up to Europe after that, and then to Russia, China, Europe. Some part of Europe, like most part of it, is more materialistic than、um, like South Africa. Yeah. And I feel like at this point of my life, when I'm still in my twenties, it would be a good foundation for my life to learn from you know cultural and indigenous people of South Africa,、mm-hmm. and learn about their struggles and you know be in their boots and experience life through their eyes. Right. So. And not become so deeply attached to material things at、yes. such a young age. No, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, there are. I mean, there are aspects. Once you once you go、yeah. to the continent of Europe, you realize how incredibly multifaceted it is. Yeah. And that you know Greece and Sweden and Ireland are all considered Europe. Yeah. You know, and yeah. how it's all they're very diverse and. There are definitely areas where you can get away from that、yeah. more materialistic, cosmopolitan aspect, but there's still there's still amazing places. Like yeah, I、bet. love, yeah, yeah. So I will eventually make my way to、totally. Europe. But yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So what is a phrase that you could teach us? So I'm not sure about India, but my mom always said that you know accomplishments are awesome. Like they make you feel great. They make you. They put you on another level, and you feel so accomplished once、right. you become successful. But she also told me that like、um, pride is something that cuts it down. Like once you have pride crawling into your success or you know accomplishment, then it means nothing. And You know, one has to always be like the grass on the, you know, that grows on earth, because like you have hundred people stampeding grass every day, but、oh. in spite of it, grass、yeah. is like so humble and stands back to what it is. So don't fall in love with yourself. Yeah. Like,、um, how would your mom say that? Shana.、Um, uh, Proud Poloduni,、uh, like we always had English, like crawling into、oh, our language. Oh, so you guys? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So my mom always used like in- English terms to、right. make me and my sister understand. Oh, so then, so that's not how. No, that's not how the language is. So you speak like a Indian English mixture at yeah. home. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I speak English to my sister, like. 
all the time. Like we don't even. It, it's really weird for us to talk in another language other than Indian. I mean English. Uh huh. And I speak with all my. I speak to all my all my friends in India. Just English. Cool. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Of course. This is great. I can still taste my last moments with Nitty, shoving spoonfuls of her homemade curry into my mouth, trying to seduce me to miss my bus to Chiapas. Last I spoke with her, she traveled throughout Mexico and has landed in Guatemala, where she's been residing in for over a year. I wish I had more time with her, but I'm sure we'll meet again somewhere in the globe, for the best way to predict the future is to create it. Los puedo ir a dejar. Ustedes caminan y volver con él por el In the next episode, we hear from the Texans, the last of the volunteers I interviewed at the surfer hostel in Puerto Escondido. Innocently aspiring to live off the land, they may have ended up in adventures larger than they anticipated. But basically, he showed up. It was in the middle of the, it was like completely dark. There's no electricity. We're in the jungle. And we just hear these drunk people coming down the driveway. And Elliot is this huge guy with this like heavy accent. And he's like, it's all a scam, mate. All a scam. <laughs> the owner's, the owner's not here. And we were there one week and 18 people showed up. Hear more next time on Strangers Abroad. Hasta la próxima.